0: don't want fear to be like a main component when I'm older. I don't want to look back and be like, I didn't do it because I was scared of doing something.
1: Welcome to the Inner Instinct podcast. I'm your host, Angie Tuari, And in each episode, our guests will be sharing their three moments of instinct. These are three defining moments in their lives when their instinct showed up and how that impacted them depending on whether they listened to that intuition or not. I hope that these conversations break down the barriers to understanding your inner voice, help you believe in your instinct, and ultimately honour your deepest wisdom. We all have a gut instinct, the clarity of which depends on how much we choose to listen. When you do, I think you'll be astounded by how much your life can transform. It all starts with noticing the inner voice and listening to your deepest needs. This is what I call the inner instinct. And now is the time to unearth yours. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe and follow button. It makes a huge difference and means we can continue to share the power of energy and gut instinct. Thank you so much for all your incredible support so far.
0: Now let's get into it.
1: Welcome to the podcast Carly, how are you doing?
0: Thank you, I am good, I'm a little bit post-sweaty, I've just done a calisthenic session, so I'm a little bit post-sweat, post-rush home, but I'm so excited to chat to you.
1: Oh good, well we always start the podcast with an instinctual check-in, so mm. I think sometimes it's such an easy thing to say, like yeah I'm fine thanks, yeah everything's good, and actually we don't allow ourselves maybe to actually express how we're feeling instinctually, as raw, as honestly as we as we feel we want mm. to, so honest instinctual check-in how okay. are you feeling
0: honest instinctual check-in I am birth you know when you feel like you are bursting with like energy throughout your whole middle in a good way I feel like there's a really big change coming around the corner so how I'm feeling right now is a little bit anxious but in a good way anxious and excited for change that is how I honestly am and right now I'm a bit fast so hopefully chatting to you I'm gonna get a bit slower <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes we don't often talk about that, how we can get overwhelmed by being overexcited. Mm -hmm. We often see overwhelm as heavy anxiety and heavy stress, but actually sometimes it can be an intensity of energy. I feel quite similar to you as that. And, And sometimes it's about grounding and getting back to earth.
0: And I think also in the industry that we're in, we're always juggling a lot of plates. We're always trying to be our best self, but always trying to grow. And I think sometimes i feel like i have too many tabs open which is fine but i also i want to be like the best at all of those tabs too which can mean that sometimes i feel very excited for all the stuff that i've got but very anxious about creating and making those things happen and not letting myself down whereas in reality what i also need to do is go back to the things that ground me calm me down and just remember that everything is a process but you know in this fast instant world and you know our days can really be anything at any minute it's really hard to remind yourself, hey, just just wait, it's going to happen. Just wait and do the steps to get there.
1: And our bodies need that. They need that routine and that structure mm-hmm. as well. So I, can, I completely understand where you're coming from there. Mm-hmm. You shared some really interesting moments in your three moments of instinct. So I'm really excited to get straight into them. We will start off With the first one, which is that you always live by your eight year old and your 80 year old self and you feel your instinct has always been that.
0: Tell me more about that. So it's a funny one. I'm guessing when I was much younger, it wasn't what I was living by, but it's been more in my life sort of since I was about 20 that I always think of myself as when I was eight, um, how I will be when I'm 80, and what I will have hoped to have achieved or hope to be living like, or hope to not have regrets of. So for example, we are going to move to Costa Rica at the end of the year. I have always known that I want to live somewhere else in the world. I've been very lucky that I've traveled and I've explored, but I've never truly lived, you know, left and been like, I'm going and I'm gonna see what happens. And it's niggled away at me for so long. I've been with my partner for 10 years. We have a daughter. She's four. And I kept thinking, oh, this feeling it's going to go. Like, we travel for a month. We come back. But it's literally like this. Someone just, like, poking me in the arm all the time. Like, you need to live somewhere else. So we spent a lot of last year trying different countries, which was wonderful. And then we went to Costa Rica and we fell in love. And... This is where the kind of the instinct is really a difficult one. My instinct is I need to live somewhere else, but I am asking my partner who has a business partner. I'm asking my child. I'm asking my family. I'm asking my business if this instinct is correct in what I'm doing, then I'm uprooting a lot to go and try being somewhere else. But I know that my eight-year-old self is like, yeah, let's go do it. But my eight-year-old self is like, if you don't do it, you're going to be sitting here in your are 80, so regretting it. And nothing in life is permanent. And I'm really freaking out, but I'm really excited at the same time. So yeah, I've always lived by this kind of feeling of like what my 80 year old self is gonna be like, you should have done that. Don't leave me here without us trying that. And that fits in with a lot of my work and my life and the things that I wanna do. So yeah, it's been a great kind of tool and reminder for me.
1: I think that's so valuable because we do look back, regretting the things that we don't do as opposed to the things that we did do. Because the things that we did do and things maybe that went wrong, it's a lesson that you've Mm -hmm. learned and you know for next time. But if you have that niggle and you don't act on it ever, there's always that what if feeling.
0: Definitely. And I don't want fear to be like a main component when I'm older. I don't want to look back and be like, I didn't do it because I was scared of doing something. Um, there's sensible reasons to not do something, but I don't want to do it because I was scared of doing something. And uh, I think being like an only child and having a really lovely, fortunate life You know, you want to rock the boat sometimes, but I am like, I'm scared of doing something, so I need to do it more. And I think that's been a a really good way of how I've got to where I am now. And hopefully, it's going to be the right decision. But yes, it's been one that's really worked for me. Just thinking about my eight year old self definitely comes to me a lot more than my eight year old self because that's the fun, that's the reminder of the fun, and the you know, not worrying about everybody else so much and just being in the moment. Whereas the eight year old me is more like, okay, have we done what we set out for? Have we had? A great time have we lived more than we've worked I guess
1: <laughs> do you tune into the feelings obviously you're very in tune with what what your eight-year-old and what your 80 year old self would be saying mm-hmm. to you at this age but the way that you're speaking and the smiles that are coming on your face I imagine <laughs> that you're also tuning into how how it feels within those two age really? ranges that you looking-
0: I like to think of like you know your eight-year-old self as being very fun and playful, a part of me that I definitely lost for a while when you're kind of building and creating yourself later. And I kind of think of my eight-year-old self as quite wise, but adventurous. You know, the kind of person that you go to and you'd have lots of stories. So it's like a feeling of that learnt and you've seen the world and accomplished, but not accomplished in the work sense, accomplished in a life sense. And also in like a, emotions, have I been a human? You know, have I experienced what being a human is? Which is to experience all emotions and all sides of life. And I just think that's what I want to make sure I have accomplished in my time. I love that.
1: <laughs> and you talked about how
0: you travelled around in the last year. Yep. But that didn't quite, you kind of still had like someone was poking you. Yeah, so we have a van, which we did up during lockdown. And uh, we were meant to have done this journey. We kind of had it set up and obviously the wonderful the world had other plans during that two year time. So we had to push everything a little bit later. Um, so we went to Switzerland, which I absolutely adored. And I loved, I think about different, and you may think of this different versions of myself, different versions of myself as a partner, different versions of myself as a family. Um, and in Switzerland, I loved the version of myself and as our family, like it was so outdoorsy. I just felt so alive in Switzerland and I loved it, but so expensive. So not actually doable. Like. The reality, wonderful, incredible life, very expensive, would make our actual life very difficult, so it would be very different. We did Portugal, and I thought Portugal was going to be the one, like that would technically be the easier one, you know, it's not that far, it kind of had the vibe, but when we were going around, I liked it, but I liked it as a holiday, it didn't, it didn't do any more for us, or for me, I didn't feel creatively inspired, you know how sometimes you go to a place like Switzerland, they felt very creative, Portugal, for whatever reason, I went, and I Felt like I would have had a lovely time just relaxing on the beach and eating all the food and meeting wonderful people, but creatively and like with a purpose, it wasn't It wasn't filling my cup. And then we went to Costa Rica, which was the one that I was thinking, no, this is just a holiday. I went there eight years ago for a surf retreat and I came back a really great, slower person. So I was like, to Leon, I wanted to show you this place for a holiday, so we'll love it. We'll go for a month. And within a week, I didn't say anything so I wanted to see what my partner would say because it's a big move for him. And he just said, well, I guess I'm going to have to work a little bit harder if we're going to live here now. And I was like, okay. And the version of us there is very creative, but present and really connected. And I think that was the thing I wanted to find, the creativity, but the connection as a couple, as a family and connection to myself. And I knew I could feel it that there, I will be able to explore myself further. It won't be like, I just stay as I am. I can explore more, if that makes sense.
1: Let's delve into Costa Rica a little bit more because you talked about how the traveling and spending a certain amount of time in certain locations didn't feel enough. Not only you felt it, but then your partner also felt it, which I think is really beautiful because clearly on that spiritual level, you were aligned there. Have you always had a timeline in in your mind? So when you felt that niggle was it like, I've got to go at least for a year, I've got to go at least for six months, or I've got to go and just go?
0: Yeah, so the niggle I've had since I was really young, and it's never had a timeline, but it's had it, I need to do it. I think in my head now that we're doing it, we're thinking like a year, but I'm very... A year and then you kind of just stay in my mind i need to be somewhere for a year to say i've given it a good try because a year you kind of go through all the stuff you experience all the types of seasons that that place has as well and you go through a whole season of yourself several seasons of yourself we went there over christmas and new year wonderful time i was working but obviously it's slower during that time so who wouldn't love a space going somewhere it's sunny it's gorgeous it's christmas it's new year winning but when it's rainy season later on the year am I going to be so happy so I think it's really important to give it the full thing and I need to delve into not having friends somewhere delve into is work going to come in delve into are we going to survive as a family as a couple is she going to like school I need to experience all and I'm really ready to experience like a difficulty I'm very grateful I have a very privileged easy life at the moment it's wonderful and are we crazy to give this up possibly I feel like I'm at the top of a mountain when it comes to my work and my friends and I need to be at the bottom of a new mountain and climb up again you know you need to be around all these people that you're going to be a nobody and you've got to fight for it again and you've got to find it I want that fire that's what I want. I think
1: that's a really valuable thing to say because actually a lot of the growth comes through those tricky moments and when everything's amazing it is great But when everything's not so amazing, you learn how strong you are and you see how courageous you can be and you grow not only as an individual, but like you said, with your partner and with your daughter as an entire family, there's so much more to it. And yeah, I know know what you mean there, because it can really suck when you feel like you're in the bottom of the mountain. It really does. But once you've been there a few times, I think then you realize that actually it's the climbing back up. That brings so much and is what life is is about really, because it's not all about being in you you can't just stay in one place no. and and
0: staying in them. one place and and staying in this this lovely life is amazing, but you take things for granted, you don't put as much effort in, and I just feel like. I've taken a lot, it's time to give more back, it's time to learn more, it's time to discover and I, I just think that pain sometimes or difficulty is just where you grow from and I think that's what life is, you know we go through all these cycles and I actually think I'm 35, how old do you live, oh maybe I shouldn't say the but you might not want to share.
1: I'm, all good sharing. I'm 31, <laughs> I'm 32 at the end of the year.
0: So I think like your 30s is such this like pivotal time from both angles because you have this like this thing of oh, we're meant to, you know, find our partner, have children, have a house, have our dream job. It's such a time of all this, but we're also experiencing that our parents are maybe older, maybe they're not even here anymore. We've got all this kind of stuff happening. And sometimes I just look and I just think thirties are just a time for almost complete explosions of I I I wanna experience and, and figure out where the paths are because 30s are meant to have it all figured out. And actually I think that's so difficult to do. So instead I'd rather just throw it all out again and just keep seeing what happens.
1: I think also you saying this as a mum is really inspiring because a lot of people think, and I think myself included, that get it all done, get everything you need to do, be all, all adventurous before you have children. Because when you have children, the perception is you can't. And I'm sure that it is challenging and trickier. But I think everything that you're saying is really shows that life doesn't get boring or end or have to be kind of stable and it obviously changes I'm sure you can still be led by your instincts and you can still be adventurous.
0: I think you become even more led by your instincts you listen to them even more as a mother I mean I never said I never imagined being a mum being a mum was not my number one aim I don't really like kids I love my kid but kids were never a thing that I was like let's do this and then suddenly yep I listened to my instincts and I was like actually no I would like to become a mum I feel like it's a journey I would like to take on and I've had jacks and I can't speak for anybody else. I can only speak for myself. I think kids are really adaptable. It's definitely not easy. And you know, you have this idea in your head, or you know, like going van life or hiking, and it's going to be like all wonderful. No, there's hard moments, but the epic moments are worth all of those things. And I truly believe that you have to get your kid to come into your life, not you become their life. Like the more you get them to work around your routine and what you're doing, the easier things are. It's when you kind of give everything up for the child, which I understand. I have a healthy child. My life is, you know, it's easy. And the teams, I know that it can be so much more difficult depending on what kind of child you have. But it's just been one of those things where she has, we've made her fit into our lifestyle we haven't changed everything to fit into hers. And I think that has been a big game changer for us. I love hiking. I love going on holidays. I love exploring countries. I love working out. I love meditating. I need these things for me. And so I do those and she just fits around them. Doesn't mean it's not difficult, but... Then it becomes routine. She then sees that I have passions. She's developing her own. And it means I don't feel guilty when we go and do stuff. It's definitely not easy, but it depends on how you look at things. For me, I just see it all as a journey. And yes, things are challenging, but it's definitely worth the outcome.
1: And it'll be inspiring, Jax, for for her to see those things within you 100%.
0: I hope so. One thing that actually... I've been thinking about a lot lately is my parents when I was younger we used to travel not live anywhere but we would travel we had a van too so you without even realizing do similar stuff and I am very aware that by me wanting to travel now with Jax I'm probably setting up the bar that she is going to want to do the same and so you're almost being like oh I might be creating it that my daughter is going to want to live somewhere else in the world away from me too and there's a weird instinct in there I'm like oh is this a clever idea because I might be setting up my child to leave me and I'm going to miss her which is a really weird one that I've been finding myself dealing with recently and I'm like no because actually anywhere in the world that she is she's happy that's fantastic but you realize that with every step and every decision you make you're kind of changing the path for those around you as well which is incredible but sometimes it can be a bit daunting
1: and probably inspiring as well as much as you've got that little niggle within you you also want to show them the beautiful world and if you're in a position that you're able to do so it's such a wonderful thing to be able to do
0: motherhood is an amazing journey if you want to go down it's not the be all and end all it's not the most amazing thing to do in your whole entire world there's amazing things anyone can choose to do but it does not have to be the end of the world as you know it it just becomes a bit of a pivot but it can be just as incredible in fact as far as i've found it's way more incredible and more meaningful
1: that takes us really nicely onto your next moment of instinct which is instinctive parenting intuitive parenting and how you are parenting your child compared to how you were parented
0: i haven't read any parenting books i am completely winning this i am not parent of the year all i can go by is how things are going with jacks and my parents are fantastic parents but they they're in their 80s so they were a completely different generation there's 40 nearly 50 years between my dad and me 40 years between my mum and me so that's a really big gap and first kids so you're looking at a really big change and they were fantastic but they were very much of the seen and not heard generation you know kids are seen and not heard you know quiet at the dinner table and have to be you know so well behaved you know big explosions that worked really well for them that's all they knew but when I had Jack's I realized that I'm quite an emotional character. I'm a huge people pleaser and highly empathetic. Two things that have good qualities, but two things I find also exhausting to be. And what I wanted from Jax was to give her the honesty to have real conversations, even as a young child. So Jax, for example, just small things such as, parents are knackered (laughs) and parents get frustrated. And I have days where I'm not in my best mood. I don't hide those from Jax. She sees me in every kind of mode, mood I am. But the most important part is that she sees how I finish, you know, how I resolve it and we talk it through. So we talk through all of our moods and our emotions and what's weighing us down because I think that's really important and it means Jax will come up to me and yesterday she said um I have lots of feelings today mum and I was like okay should we talk them through and she's like yeah I feel really frustrated because I want to see my friend I feel really hungry because you won't let me have any sweets <laughs> she's like oh she's like I'm tired because I haven't had a nap and she will talk through all these things and I'm like that's great because she knows that she doesn't I think as a child, a lot of us search for happiness all the time. And I don't want her to think that she has to be happy all the time, that she can be all these different versions of herself and different moods and emotions. And that is okay. That's what human is. So hopefully if she struggles with anxiety, depression, anything later down the line, she's going to know it's okay to go through phases of everything and not feel like she's broken or anything like that. So that's one of one of the things I've been doing. That's incredible. And it is about spotting
1: how we're feeling and recognising and being able to put a description as to what these emotions are, because when we can't do that, because maybe we haven't been taught to, or we haven't been, a space hasn't been created where it's welcome, and it's okay, and it's safe to, which clearly you've created a really safe space for her to be able to share that with you. It's not as big of a deal in a way. It doesn't have to be, like you said, a huge explosion. It can be a, let's talk through X, Y, and Z of what's going on. That's amazing. I love to hear that.
0: Thank you. I'm um, also giving her privacy. So like she's four, but I've been knocking on her door before I go in it for as long as I can remember. Just things like knowing that she has her own space because with kids and stuff, you know, we do everything for them. So without realizing you do just walk in their door, you do just pick them up, you do just do these things. And the thing I noticed very quickly was that Jax would react quite negatively to me just barging in or picking her up and moving her or being like, right, we've got to go do something else. And I was like, actually imagine I'm like playing a game and someone comes in and says, we've got to go and just picks me up and we just leave. I mean, that would really piss me off. And so I've always been quite good at thinking about it in terms of the other person. So I'm like, okay, look, she is having a really epic time playing with something. I need to go and say to her, look, you've got like five minutes, which she doesn't know what five minutes is. So I then have to say five minutes is effectively how long it takes me to make your, you know, your favorite snack. So you've got that that amount of time. And then I'm going to come in and we're going to be doing something else kind of teeing them up because I think a lot of the big hurdles and big problems that you have is just just don't give them the chance to be ready for the next thing we just presume they're on our timeline and they are not so kind of giving her that freedom to understand what is going to happen where her safe spaces are and having that discussion has been a really big change for us
1: how do you deal with other opinions Especially in the parent world. I'm not a parent. but I hear this from friends who are parents on how there can be a lot of judgment, there can be a lot of of opinions, you have an online presence, so you may be getting that online as well as from people in person. How do you continue to instinctually parent and go by what you know is best for you and your family and for your child? when there's all these other opinions going around.
0: So I definitely say that the parenting space is the hardest space I've ever entered into, which is why I definitely didn't really push it much further. You know, As soon as you're a parent, you feel like you know how to do all kids. And I think it's a really important thing to say that no kid is the same, no parents are the same. Don't know what's going on in people's houses. So I think that's where people have to just take a step back anyway, One thing that works for one isn't necessarily going to work for others. We are all completely different. The thing that I have gone from is that I am very aware of my privilege. Jax is a healthy child, so that makes my life easier. I don't have a child that I've had to adapt things for. And also, I get a lot of stick because I am self-employed. You get it from both sides. People are like, oh, but you spend all your time with your daughter. And I'm like, okay, but I also mean I'm having to work a full-time job or three jobs with my daughter in the room, which is also really difficult at the same time. So the only way I've kind of got through it is I voice mine. I use block and mute a lot because it's amazing. I've just had to roll with the punches, I guess, and just see that people are very different. And when people leave like a negative comment or they don't like, for example, I taught Jack's vulva and vagina from the moment she was born because I think it's very important she knows her body parts I had a lot of messages people being like there was one video that I shared which was I think Jack's talking about it herself and someone was like you need to remove that video because she is going to be disgusted with you when she grows up and I replied and was like if my daughter grows up and is disgusted by the fact that she used correct terminology for her body parts I have not done a very good job (laughs) but it's things like that where you just think This is a you problem, not a me problem. And nine times out of 10, people react out of their discomfort, not yours. I'm aware most of my friends still use non, you know, different terms, flower and stuff. That's for them. I'm going to go down this route because I think it's really important. And you just have to know that we're all different and kind of not let it bother you, which can be difficult sometimes when it's your own child. I can see you get like those keyboard warriors and stuff. But yeah, you just have to take a step back because they don't know you
1: and you know your child best like you said every child is different you know your child best you know how to parent your child better than anybody else knows how to parent your child which sounds like such a obvious thing to say but it's clearly not how a lot of people are made to feel in that and yeah. i think as a first time parent as well
0: it's oh, amazing yeah, make mistakes my gosh I will have made so many mistakes. I'm definitely willing to pay for Jax's counseling and therapy when she's older because no matter what you do, even if you're an A-grade parent, you will have done something wrong. Like no matter what happens, there always, you know, there's always going to be something. I think that's just really important to know that you know parents are doing it for the first time too. Like, I can say a lot of things about my parents' parenting, but they were doing it for the first time. I'm doing it for the first time. You know, if I have the pleasure of doing it again, it's going to be really different as well. You just, it's the first time you're learning. And I think that is something I talk to Jax about a lot. I'm like, Jax, this is my first time. I don't know what I'm doing. So we're kind of doing this together. You know, she recently was talking, she spoke about death quite a lot and topics so soon that I just was not prepared for. And I'd find myself being like, okay, this is the first time I'm, it's the first time I'm doing this. Okay. What are we going to go with on this? And we kind of chat it through. And I think if more parents or just people in general were able to say, "Look, I don't know what I'm doing, but let's figure this out together," it would make everything so much easier. Just the honesty is the most important thing.
1: yeah, and moving away from this place of perfectionism because I think that's yeah. what keeps us all locked up is that mm-hmm. we we desperately want to be perfect, and there's just no such thing at all. Right. So, being open and honest saying I don't I don't know the answers to this and that's okay and that's yeah. that's absolutely fine
0: too let's learn together yeah and there isn't answers for a lot of the big things like a lot of the big th- we don't have the answer for so let's stop trying to make it up and actually just say I don't know let's just decide what we want to make it so I'm winging it I'm figuring it out it's going okay so far but yeah I'll pay for her therapy when she needs it <laughs> I love that that's so beautiful
1: If you're looking to learn techniques to tune into your own instinct and take better care of your well-being, then you'll be pleased to know I am giving all of our listeners your first month of our well-being platform Unearthed for just one pound. You'll have on-demand access to over 170 yoga movement, breathwork, meditation, philosophy, Ayurveda classes, and exclusive early access to come on our retreats practice anytime on any device and from anywhere in the world hit the link below to join our community today and your final moment of instinct Mm -hmm. is about the great ideas that come into your mind and you believing that you can take any of them on and go with them
0: yeah so I think you might be the same as well, when you're kind of in this space, and I'm very grateful for it, I'm aware that I can kind of think of something, and I can create it because I am self employed. And I am learning and listening to myself that whatever you want, you you can achieve, you've just got to figure out how to do it. And I don't know if that's now, you know, since social media, I've been in this position for like 10 years, or whether that's how people are feeling more now, because it does feel you are more able to do things. But Sometimes I'll just be there and I'm journaling or I'm going for a walk and an idea will pop into my head. And I will fully think if this idea has come into my head, then there's a reason for it. It might not be to do the whole thing. It might be to kind of, you know, ask for help people or direct it to somebody else. But I honestly do believe if it comes into my head, even if it's something ridiculous, like I wrote a book for my daughter as a passion project and self-funded that, and I would never have thought I would be doing that. You know, going on podcasts, I was so scared of like ever talking to anybody that I didn't know years ago going and doing like you know headlines at festivals and creating an app these things are things that if you asked me my eight-year-old self she would have said no but suddenly you realize actually no they're just all every anything is possible you might have to ask for help you might need help with money or whatever it is but anything is possible it's just the fear that holds you back so um yeah it's all a learning curve and sometimes I think living outside of your comfort zone is terrifying I do feel like every day I'm a little bit out of my comfort zone but it's also the thing that makes every day so exciting.
1: How has it changed for you the more and more things that have come up, come into your head that have then you've made come into fruition and you've seen mm-hmm. then exist as a real life thing going from a thought to your head to either it's something you can physically touch or something you can tangibly see. How has that then changed how you behave when those ideas?
0: or no, new I ideas just write them you're... down and I message my assistant and I'm like, we're doing this because you just know, whereas before I'd write it down, and be like, well, that just seems crazy. I'm not gonna be able to do that. Now I know that I can pretty much just, I I just know that if it's come to my head, I can do the steps to do it. I can ask somebody for help. I can write it down. I can speak to an agent. I can plan it myself. I can go on Canva and create it. Yeah, with every time it's happened, I have been able to do it 10 times faster. As soon as you start doing those things and you just always realize that you can, but initially, obviously I was terrified. And some things might take longer. Then you get to a point where I'm at now, which is like I've written another four kids' books. And I'm like, I want them to happen now. Like, why is no one else being as fast as I am? And now is the point where you're like, okay, because we can do things slower, which is what we said at the beginning when I was chatting to you. You get to this kind of wheel where you're like, I can create everything. I can create everything. Okay, now we need to be a bit slower to kind of enjoy, be present and perfect those things a little bit more instead of just going for it sometimes.
1: It's easier to feel that way, though, because it, it, to your point, you have an idea, you could create something on Canva, you could put it up online, you could create a, a, a wave and a response to what was once in your head. And then within maybe two hours is now out into the wide world. Mm-hmm. And so that maybe creates a deeper sense of impatience. And this is coming from yes. someone who is a patience is one of my biggest <laughs> things that I have to work on. And certainly in challenging times. I'm reminded that I want things quicker and that I can be impatient. And it's a good thing because you'll only be reminded of something that needs work on.
0: Yeah. And we are in a, we're in such a, you know, no one has patience. I think what's the attention span? It's like two seconds. When I first started social media, it was like 12. You know, we are very impatient. And I, you know, a very quick one for me is my daughter, um, because I learn a lot from her she has not ever had to watch a single advert because she just watches her favorite programs on Netflix or Disney Plus. So we went to the cinema for the first time and she was in an absolute mess because what was all of this before my movie? What were all these videos and these talking things and other movies and what is all of this and when's the movie starting? An absolute meltdown because it's about 30 minutes of trailers and stuff before a movie and she's never seen Adverts or trailers. She was like, Why is my movie not starting now? She almost wanted to leave because she was like, My movie's not coming. (laughs) I was like, Okay, yeah, we're living in a world of it happens now. We don't have to wait for our next favorite episode to come in a week's time. You know, we're not waiting for the movie. Nothing do we have to wait for. So it's a really good and it's a really hard challenge of learning to be patient, especially when you know you're self employed and you have to make everything happen yourself. Do you limit yourself to a certain number?
1: of ideas that you're allowed to put
0: out there or are you I'm thinking the answer to that is no just from this conversation that yeah no the team that I have around me, like my husband is like, Carly, you've got like 20 plates. We need to have like 10 and just figure out the ones that you can do. And again, being a mum has meant that I have had to reduce my expectations because you can't have it all, which is really a hard lesson. I remember I had a lot of therapy a couple of years ago. I had my daughter and I was working and she was like, you have to make a choice at some point. You can't be full-time mum and full-time businesswomen. You can't be both. It was just myself and my husband with Jacks. So we haven't had any additional help apart from nursery. And she was like, you can still be an incredible parent. You can still be an incredible businesswoman. But you can't be both. You can't do them both exactly to 100% the same time, which was horrible because I wanted to give my daughter every single piece of me and be so present for her. But I wanted to give my business every single piece of me and be so present for that. And I realized you, you, you can't. You have to make a choice or you have to ask for help and taking the shame away from that as well yeah definitely because there is a lot of shame in that especially when your business is you as well and when parenting is down to you it feels like oh i am not good enough because i can't do both of these things but no one can do both of those things
1: when you've got loads of ideas in your head Mm -hmm. do you rank them in terms of priority and how do you know which one is the most important how do
0: you weight it so generally I journal a lot so morning and evening for example the books they're kids books so they don't take a massive time to come through but when it comes to you're like okay this is creativity that I do think when it's something that is creative you kind of have to give it as much time as you can because you don't know when that creativity is going to stop or go it feels like it's a fleeting moment sometimes with creativity so for example if like a book comes to mind or something where I really need to be creative then I will give that as much time as possible because I'm aware I will feel different later on. I usually have myself like a top four things that I have to do every day. It's ridiculous because years ago, it used to be like top 20. Top four things that I have to do and everything else is movable. And I've become much better at asking other people for help. So for example, sometimes if I come up with an idea of something, and if it doesn't need to be me directly, I will say to my virtual assistant or my web developer, or maybe an agency and be like, this keeps buzzing around my head can I tell you guys about it and you guys have a thing come back to me while I finish this thing that I'm doing? You know, voicing and sharing stuff is really important. We're taught not to because we worry people might steal it, but actually having conversations with people about ideas that you have or things you want to do, I think is really important. Sometimes you need a soundboard as well. Yeah, because you can just run with stuff and sometimes I'm like, why should I run with that? And you can also act too fast or put something out too quickly when it wasn't ready and Again, the slow thing that we talk about. So yeah, being a people pleaser and someone who has little patience, it's slow isn't easy, is it? But we're learning. I find sometimes as hard as I find it to
1: do, sleeping on an idea and seeing the next day, then looking at the list or the projects or whatever it is and and then thinking, again, do I still wait this with the same level of priority? Am I still as Mm -hmm. excited about this? Or was it a thing in the moment that now that I've had more time to consider? I can think a little bit more clearly because sometimes we get wrapped up in our creativity, which is such an amazing place to be. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes sleep really helps us out there.
0: Definitely. I remember thinking, you know, artists back in the day used to take like a whole year off to go and plan their next album. And yet being people on social media, we are expected to create something for every single platform every day and never stop which is insane, which is no reason we all burn out and we don't feel creative or we feel like we're not doing enough and it kind of affects all areas. I'm not saying take a full year if you can, amazing. I think that would kill my business if I took a full year off, but giving yourself that time to really explore the creativity and and discover yourself. And I've been online for 10 years. How long have you been online for? Tawara Yoga,
1: my Instagram account was my personal account and it was towards the end of 2020. Throughout that whole year, I've been posting me doing yoga at home because that's all I was doing. And I had my qualification already as well. Mm-hmm. And then it was towards the end of 2020 that I changed my my Instagram handle and created a bit more of a, how do I want to show up in the industry? What's mm-hmm. important for me to voice within the yoga industry? And beginning of 2021, I, was, I had much more of a strategy of like, okay, let's go. Like This is what I want to share. This is how I want to show up. This is the community I want to create.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So. This
0: will be my third year. Amazing. And I'm sure you have noticed just in three years, you know, we change daily, let alone weekly, monthly, yearly. And we grow, especially whether we're doing courses or we start doing different things. And, you know, I think having a business and it being yourself and having a presence online and trying to be creative every day when you think about how long you're on there for and how much you may change in the time you're on there for is also absolutely fascinating like I look back and think about some of the stuff I put out at the beginning and I'm like Carly is not that anymore and you realize you know your followers are growing with you and everything's kind of changing and your ethics and your ethos and you as a person as you go through this journey of life you're sharing it but everything is changing all the time so you never know where it's going to end up it's really exciting And it's about, I think, knowing
1: that that burnout can so easily come because like you were saying earlier, Mm -hmm. the expectation of someone who's creating online is to post every single day across all these different Mm -hmm. platforms and not burn out. And you think about doing that in the long run. It doesn't at all feel achievable. It doesn't feel healthy. And also, how do you make sure that you share with a great deal of authenticity while also trying to keep up with, because ultimately it's maintaining a business. It's a huge part of your business. And our businesses and I think the they're marketing tools aren't they really
0: yeah you're marketing yourself across a million platforms every single day in the hopes of getting whatever it is you're hoping to achieve but I think the hard part is because it's so attached to numbers other people think the achievement is because of a certain number or a certain views or a certain like or a follow account or downloads or people on your retreat all those kind of things that can be very difficult because I don't think numbers is goes alongside with creativity. You know, you think you've less like created something and then you're like, ah, oh, but that amazing piece of work has now got a number that's telling me whether that was good or bad, which is funny because I think of creativity as art and you can't define art, whether a piece of art is good or bad because it's, you know, subjective to the person. So it's always really funny when you put content out and suddenly it gets defined whether it was good or bad as to how many views it got. So it's, it's a really hard one for the brain where your brain's like, oh, I love that oh, it didn't perform as well, but that had the right messaging versus, you know, the other day, it's so frustrating. I am very, very rarely go viral. I went viral on TikTok the other day for the worst piece of content I've ever put out in my entire life. It was my daughter playing with filters with me. It's had 16, I think 16.5 million views. People are like, you must be so happy because your video's done really well. And I'm like, I'm actually really pissed off because that video is effectively me standing on a piece of paper versus me come up with, with a really epic piece of artwork on a piece of paper and that's what's done well over all the other stuff <laughs> but it's my reminder of like it's not down to those things that's important it's down to what whether you're happy with what you're putting out and whether that is the message of what you're trying to achieve
1: yeah and not chasing those statistics because that's when we get to a place of inauthenticity, and yeah. people will shift and change who they are to create an online persona that meets the the villain that everybody wants to see or you know you kind of then morph into someone else and I think and again that comes back to instincts like for me it's instinctually why am I creating this and what's important and it's annoying because the statistics are like I try and see them more as a okay cool great like a cherry on the top of the cake kind of thing as opposed to the entirety of the cake because otherwise you're never going to be satisfied with anything that you post because your creativity is based on people pleasing and the validation of what other people have said which it's it's difficult because that's what those platforms are created to do in a way but when when you have your true why as to what you're doing and why you're creating what you're creating then it it makes it a little bit easier I think to not be as guided by those numbers
0: yeah when you follow your instinct exactly what your podcast is it's the most important part let's wrap up we wrap up in the same
1: way that we started which is an instinctual, honest, raw check-in at the end of our discussion. Carly, how are you feeling right now?
0: Now I'm definitely slower. I also feel very fulfilled, which is nice, just to have that people, face-to-face contact is lovely. I feel very fulfilled and very calm, because you're very calming to be around. So that's how I feel now. That nervous energy is gone. Yeah, it feels lovely, so thank you. Good space for me to be around, good energy oh amazing
1: thank you thank you so much for everything you've shared it's been so interesting to hear you and talk through them with you and we'll leave your links to everything that you do in the description so people can come over and find you
0: thank you so thank much you thank you so, much. thank you so
1: much thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode if you enjoyed it share it with someone that you know hit subscribe and follow us for more conversations on instinct energy and life-changing moments see you soon